I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi guys, thank you for tuning in for this week's extremely special episode of Live Your Best Life with of course Mila's Wright and my very special friend joining me for today's conversation is an internationally loved and respected prophet. He's an international best-selling author, he's a co-host of uh, TV shows on the TBN network. His podcast is now one of the most listened to podcasts in the world. He is full of love, full of wisdom, full of fun. It's my joy to welcome into the conversation with me today, of course, the one and only Sean Bowles. Sean, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. That's... One of my favorite places to be is with you and Wes. Yes, absolutely. I know ours, we're exactly the same about you and Cherie, and I can't wait for our next time where we can all be together and have some, some fun. I agree. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so Sean, I want to dive in and ask you to talk to me about the subject you brought the last time you were on our international mentoring community, because it was profound and life-changing. And I feel this particular message that you're carrying at the moment, certainly for our community, is one of the most life-giving and the most empowering because of the times that we're in and the state the world's in at the moment. Yeah. And you you were sharing about, if you remember, the difference between discernment and wisdom. And, mm -hmm. and you said something, Sean, I thought, oh my gosh, that's profound. You said they need to be married. We need to discern and sit that discernment through the lens of God's heart, through our relationship with him. Yeah. So can we start there? Will you just unpack that a bit for us? Will you share for people who may not know, or we just need to revisit this subject right, right now, what the difference between discernment and wisdom is? Yeah, and I want to tell you a story to do that too, because I think yeah. you know, growing up in the church in America, um, my parents were in the charismatic Pentecostal movement of the 70s. That's the way they got saved is the Jesus people movement. And it was the wild west of spiritual themes in those days where somebody might tell you when the rapture was going to happen. And all of a sudden, all these people believed it. I was at youth camp twice when the rapture was supposed to happen. And we really believed it. There was almost a, like a cultish paradigm at times where somebody would say the Smurfs was evil and all the moms would take any Smurf stuffed animals or toys out of your house. Or, And I'm not saying all that was bad, but there would be these waves of discerning something that might have inherent evil in it or might bring demonic into your house or some celebrity that might have you know a, a covenant with satan so to speak and that's how they got their musical career and it created such an us and them like but it created somewhat of a dualism because in that christianity everybody was saying if it's not inherently like spiritual like a church meeting or a service or a worship song Secular music must be evil. Going to, you know, a movie must be evil because it's worldly. And some of the themes are things that people in the world would do. So I grew up feeling very like abused by that religious culture at times. Although my parents, they grew through their Christianity. And so they would oppress us a little bit and then they would like get healed or therapy or like, they, you know, they just have a revelation and they realize like, this is too much. Like we don't need to do this, be this extreme. And then there's also in the middle of it, there's true discernment where there was things and there is things now that are evil that we have to watch out for. 
But there was a disconnect between their discernment and what they were running after and actually knowing the heart of God and having wisdom, which is the connection to the innermost thoughts of God, the connection to the mind of God about what you're discerning. And, and they didn't they didn't carry their discernment all the way into what it was made for in the first place, which is when you get a feeling or a discernment, an instinct, an intuition, a, that, that thing where a lot of us may call it a check about something, whether it's you know, um, a, a certain movie star, or it's a certain movie that's coming out, or it's a certain person at church who's has a certain agenda, or it's a certain business contract where you're like, this doesn't feel right. This company doesn't. A lot of times we stop it there and go, well, I got the discernment. I'm, I'm shutting my love off. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting that out of my life. I'm turning it off. But the discernment is so that you could stop for a minute and ask the father what he thinks about it. Because many times you might discern over a celebrity. Like I remember discerning over one specific celebrity some crap some really bad stuff about womanizing and drugs and all kinds of stuff and when i moved to la it was the first celebrity i met like the first musician i met was this person and it was so weird i remember just going okay now i have this discernment what do i do about it and i felt so convicted because i'd never taken it to the father and said what do you think about this because god's desire wasn't for me to see something evil or negative and then shut my love off turn my turn my face away from this person. God's desire was to say, can you see what's going on with my love, my empathy, my compassion, but also boundaries, put good boundaries up. And I didn't have any idea that my discernment actually led me into a relationship with this person. And it helped me to have the boundaries I was going to have. I They felt so distant. It felt like almost like a, uh, you know, well, it was like a movie star or like a musician. It's like someone you would never meet. And most Christians don't think they'll ever meet people that they speak badly about. So they can speak badly about a president or a prime minister or a royal family member or a business person or whatever it is. Like, I hate Apple. I hate Microsoft. I hate Bill Gates. They say things like that because they have, they have given themselves permission to see somebody and villainize or demonize what they're doing based on their bad behavior. Even if they're not Christians, they just villainize them and they shut their love off and they shut God's love off. They turn, they close heaven to that person to at least their own life, if not the people they're talking to. And the reality is that Jesus has given us the ability to have breakthrough and love and compassion and connection for everybody on the earth. And he may bring you, you could be the little house mom in the middle of England, you know, in the middle of like a little town that no one's ever heard of. And you could be the one that God wants to use to speak to the president of the United States or Guatemala or whatever, you know, like there's no limitations on where God could bring you and who he could bring you in front of. And I remember back in the day, I was, this is back in the nineties. I was, I'm dating us, but I was teaching to a small group of people and they were all people who didn't feel like they heard from God very clearly. But one of them, she was an intercessor and she's like, I hear God, you know, I know what he's saying about things. And she was telling me a lot of negative things, but she didn't have a lot of positive things to say. And I remember at one point I said, I, I think you need to turn this around. Every time you get a discernment about something, ask God where his love is. Just ask that simple question, where is your love? Because she couldn't connect to the fact that like, I, you know, usually when I teach it, when I taught at your group, I taught like, let's look into the father's heart every time. Let's, let's be present with God. Let's, let's, let's follow this through. Like it's a, a football that we're carrying all the way across to the field goal. Like we want to actually make a touchdown with this. We don't want to just have revelation and carry it. We want to carry it through to for its full purpose. And, and that's revelation to most people, including myself. Like I had to grow into that. I mean, I, I, I am now a social and news commentator because I'm teaching people how to not just discern, but how to see God's heart in the midst of what they discern. Well, this particular woman, she, I said, let's, let's flip the script a little bit. So like, tell me something that you just discern that's really bad right now. And she said, well, I discern over, you know, 
um, this one musician, she uh, was Marilyn Manson at the time, that he's just one of the most evil people. And, he, and she has, you know, friends who have kids who are listening to him and he's and he's demonizing a generation. Well, he's has a really little impact on a small group of people, but it's a big group. I mean, it's, there's a metrics number to it. But in her mind, he was like the antichrist of the music industry. You know, he's the worst person there is. And so I said, well, let's let's flip the script. And I want you to ask God what his heart is for Marilyn Manson. And who he truly is, because that's not even his real name. So, so let's let's ask the father about him. And so she's just sitting there, and she's like, "Oh, he's like been really abused and hurt. Oh, wow, he's been like, wow. oh, okay." And so she changed from this man is now the villain of the music industry who's demonizing children and opening them up to Satanism, which wasn't even really what was happening, but it was he was creating false identity in a lot of people, and and he was dark, and he was giving people at a sentimentality for dark permission, and that's all bad stuff, right? We discern that. But ultimately, it's like, but what's his destiny? What what did God create him for before the beginning of time? Let's take our discernment. Again, it can draw boundaries for us. It can show us how to pray. It can bring us into alignment for what God's heart is. But we don't stay at discernment. We don't stop there because if we stop there, we actually block God. Yeah. If it's a negative discernment, we'll actually block what God wants to do. So as she began, her name is Betty. As Betty began to pray for him, randomly, she went to this network marketing convention at uh, we lived in Kansas city at the time. She went down to a downtown or a airport hotel to do a network marketing thing for, um, you know, convention. And she's at the the counter where the, um, the check-in counter and this man sitting next to her and she's talking to him and he's, and she's, she could just feel sadness on him. So she's like, can I pray for you? And she begins to pray for him and prophesies over him, tells him his destiny, talks to him about all kinds of things about himself. And he, she's like, can I give you a hug? And he's like, I would love that. I, I don't, I don't ever like have any affection right now. That's so you don't know what you've done for me. You don't know like that. The fact that you spoke to me from a Christian perspective and I've never, I've had a judgment against Christians. It's helped me so much. And they hug and he leaves and the woman behind the counter goes, do you know who that was? And she goes, no, I don't. Is it somebody? And she goes, that was Marilyn Manson, but he didn't have any of his makeup on. He didn't have his wig on. He didn't have any of his stuff on. So he's just like a normal human, you know, like it's just kind of a skinny looking, you know, middle-aged guy or whatever and she was like or maybe was younger than and she was like what and she couldn't believe it because she had so much judgment she was never able to graduate that judgment but god was using it as an object lesson to her that i want to give you love and i'm going to give you connection to the things you hate because the things you hate you're supposed to hate the evil but you're not supposed to hate the people right and so discernment is a gift that allows us to learn how to it's an operation system to learn how to avoid compromise, how to avoid sin, how to avoid evil, how to look for what God's doing, like how to sense people's talents, their gifts, their skills, and then and then move away from what's evil, but move into what's good. And a lot of people stay in the negative discernment that turns into Christian conspiracy. And there's a lot of scriptures about conspiracy, about not to enter into a spirit of conspiracy. And that's where as a Christian, we have to come into the empowerment that your discernment is supposed to help you to empower you, not to disempower, to cancel you or to cancel something that is actually precious to God's heart in your life. And that's where we're having a problem right now in the body of Christ, because most prophetic words that are given on all the lists online and everywhere else is discernment that's been unprocessed with the heart of God or has a little process with the heart of God. So we're not able to run to Jesus with it and be empowered by it. We just get more in the know and information is power. And we don't want to substitute that kind of information as power for relational power. We want relational yeah. power, not information power. And in the prophetic, a lot of the prophetic communities are satisfied with informational power. 
And I, I just, I'm not satisfied with that. I want relational power. I want to know what God's thinking currently real time. I want to be operating out of that spirit of his, his present love for humanity. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to enter into the wokeism and cancel culture of the church. The church has its own version of wokeism and cancel culture. And we have to come out of that. Yeah. Sean, that's profound. And I love the phrase of what you just used. You know, it, the priority is that we have relationship, yeah. right? That we have relationship with Jesus, that everything that we see, everything that we believe, how we interact in the world, the discernment that we have comes back to our relational connection, the privilege and the responsibility mm -hmm. of the relationship that we have with Jesus, where we can see everything through the eyes of his heart, every person through the eyes of his heart. And you do it. And I think that's why the prophetic revelation that you bring, you that perspective that you bring, whether you're talking about world affairs, current affairs, whether you're giving a personal word, I've seen you in all these different scenarios, you bring something that's so empowering and so hope-filled and non-conspiratorial and not religious because it's not separate. You're not discerning and sharing discernment from a place of separateness from the heart of God, but actually you're bringing the heart of God so to surround that context and therefore it, you, you communicate with empowering hope and it's wonderful and it's also challenging you know in, mm. in regarding some topics like no we we all have that responsibility and privilege let's get back to our relational connection with jesus who does he see people to be how do yeah. you know how do, what does he see that situation as redemptively and that's the thing you speak redemptively prophetically you speak redemptively and i've for as long as i've known you which is a long time now a long yeah. time you've always been like that you know what people receive from you is empowerment it's just wonderful so i wanted to ask you will you give us an illustration so current world events right now whatever topic you want sure. to pick how do you how do you interpret that so you 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 discern you bring your relationship to, with Jesus into the middle of that situation. Talk us through what that looks like and a, and a particular situation at the moment that's very scary for people, perhaps pretty overwhelming. Yeah. Well, what does it look like? So give us hope. So <laughs> I would, I would, this might be too sensational, but um, so there's a, there's a, a move in the hip hop community and that uh, in, in the world, not just in America, but in the world towards some Satanism. And there's this very small, it's a very small movement, but there's literally Illuminati symbols and there's, you know, there's, people who actually pledge their lives, they do blood pledges towards, you know, Satan or through satanic, whatever. And so this is like very, this is like, a, again, it's a 1% that's happening. There's a few creative directors who are involved. So there's some empowered people in play. So what happens with people then when they go in the music industry as Christians, they're afraid to cross over and be a, a light on the highest lamps that they could shine from because they're afraid of getting impacted by one of these groups. So in the midst of that, what happens as Christians, we start to see the symbols play out. So we start to see them in videos, we start to see them in images. And then we see other people who might be similar, like Justin Bieber might have done something like, I love you. And someone said, that looked like a triangle. I think he's Illuminati. It's upside down triangle. And he's, and Justin Bieber is clearly a Christian. We know Justin Bieber. Mm -hmm. We have connection to Justin Bieber through friendships, through his mom, through his, you know, through different members of his team. He's 0% Illuminati, 0% of these things. And Illuminati, again, this is a small secret organization that it does pull some strings in the world, but is it not as big as God's kingdom? And it's not as big as humanity at large. And so a lot of times we'll get into this discernment that actually makes us 
villainize good people, but also think everybody's a part of the conspiracy. Now, I've had controversy against me. I probably have some current controversy against me, I'm sure. But I've had people who believe certain things about me, like I research online for my prophetic words, or I, you know, uh, I've met with certain people and use those relationships to gain, you know, credibility and ground or whatever, like all the different accusations that would come against me. And so I've had those things. I, but I know that only a small, very tiny percent of people have heard those or believe them or care about them. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So it's like my, my, my normal word world is the masses who don't even care about that stuff. But there's a small group that when they're in the know, they think they got something, they got information and they use that information and it violates love or they, or they stay in that information. They can't inherit them from, from my ministry because they believe that little thing. That's just not true. Mm -hmm. It just comes Mm -hmm. from people who are jealous or competitive or have too much time on their hands. I'm not sure why, but it's the same with when we look at an industry or a people group, it could be politicians who there's corruption with certain politicians in different nations. So we saw your prime minister, you know, like recently what he went through and there was some corruption going on. And so then we think everybody's corrupt. You and I have met with many leaders in Britain and they're not, there's a mm. lot of really good leaders. I've met yeah, with parliament on. members. I met with, I met with so many different types of people when I've been in, I, I wish I could come back soon because I've met with so many people and there's so many good people who aren't corrupt, but we, we judge the whole by the one demonic part or the one compromised human part. And we, we turn our love off. So for me, you know, watching, you know, knowing I can feel sometimes because I'm a feeler sometimes, or I can see, I can see her, I can see something evil and then I have to go, but this isn't that, even though this is maybe a compromised human who's making really bad choices, they're not under this demonic spirit. And I have to compartmentalize and separate and go, not all the industry is this. And as we're growing in maturity, we have to learn how to allow things to be as big or small as they're supposed to be and not allow something to be dominant, except for the kingdom of God and God's love. And so why I say it this way, it's kind of cryptic the way I'm saying it, but it's important because like for me, like some people were telling me that two guys in the entertainment industry were, um, or the music industry were. Uh, part of the Illuminati group and this, this or the satanic group, not Illuminati group, the satanic group. And so I'm sitting down with one of my friends who's a producer, Danny. And Danny's like, oh, I just got back from the studio with these guys. We prayed together. They, we were prophesying over each other. And it was the two guys that I was told were part of the Satan group, you know, like part of the demonic. And I was like, this is so interesting because a, a firsthand account from my friend is that they are like walking with God, reading you know, books that we would all read, believing that God's going to move in the industry, learning how to walk out their faith, just quit pot because they realized the way that they were using pot was wrong, the whole thing. And then I'm hearing from a national Christian minister in America that these two are responsible for the decline and they're Satanists and they're all these things. And you have to think like when you use your discernment and it's not used for the sake of what God intended it for, it has power to it. So it has power to shut hearts down. It has power to shut off shut the doors. I even wrote in my Translating God book that one of the major celebrities that I, my friend just met with, a different scenario, just met with her and she, he was able to share the gospel with her and and really have heart-to-heart moment with her because he used to work with her before he was saved. And, you know, and then the next time I'm with one of the biggest ministers of all time and he's sharing how she's responsible for the decline of morality in America and is speaking about her. People are tweeting out about her. And so she's just had her first salvation experience. Siri's trying to talk right now. She's just had her first salvation experience where she's actually getting really awakened to God. And in the same week, she's having Christians bash her all week long. And so when she sees that, she gets a mixed message. God, do you love me? Are you a Christian God? Or are you, because these are your people, there can't be love. So I think like for me to filter through, I, I get information. 
usually it's negative and it's like, it goes into a sand, but I'm a, I'm a clam. I'm, I'm an oyster. So I'm going to work it through until it becomes the pearl. So I'm going to say, God, this is negative information. I know this now about somebody. I can feel my friends struggling with pornography, or I can feel this pastor is not being honest, or I can feel this business leader is okay with giving bribes. And I feel that. And then I have to process it through and I have to let humans be humans in their weakness because you have discernment doesn't mean you have permission to talk to someone about their weakness. You have to have relational permission, not just supernatural permission, because supernatural permission doesn't necessarily change things. I can go and confront somebody on their pornography habit, and they'll never change. They'll just feel shamed. But I can wait and pray and be part of their team in the spirit to like love them until they're ready to change. And then at that moment, I could be there saying, I've been praying for you all along. And I knew this was going on in your life, but I knew that I was supposed to be a part of your prayer team. I was supposed to pray with Jesus. I believed in you this whole time that you would overcome. And there's this there's this message of the enduring, enduring love of God that's not in a lot of the prophetic camp where people don't feel loved and cared for. They feel they feel scared. They feel judged. They feel like, you know, is is this hurricane happening because of God's judgment this way? Or is this thing happening because of this? Because someone discerned a hurricane was coming and they assumed God was doing it. Or someone, has, you know, discerned that someone's going to fail in their ministry and they assume God exposed them. But the reality was that wasn't, that's not the finish line. The finish line is restoration. The finish yeah. line is what was God's redemptive heart, not what's God's judgment heart. And that's the part that's so hard because even if you get a judgment word, right, which I do believe in a limited amount of judgment words, very limited amount, even if you get it right, it's usually not the full word. The full word right. comes after it happens to where there's the rebuilding of God's heart in that, in that very area that was judged. And I just don't see the prophetic community doing that. So how do we do that? We become different. We, you'll get aggravated by your discernment and that's good. But it has to be under the process to where you see God. If you don't mm -hmm. see God in it, it's better to put it on the back burner and literally operate like it doesn't exist. Meaning you might discern something about someone you're working with at work and you have to put it on the back burner, pray for them and pretend like it doesn't exist. So you can have a normal relationship until God tells you what to do with discernment. Otherwise, you might shut down or shut them down because of something that's not fully processed yet. Yeah, so important. I mean, I see you doing this. You wait with your with your discernment and with your words until you have his heart. And I think that's the other priority, isn't it? As we do, we must develop our relationship with Jesus above totally. all else. We must know his heart. We must know his nature so we can discern whether a word is from him is yeah. consistent with who he is. You know, and, uh, and I've found in my experience in life, the Lord judges unto life. So like mm -hmm. you said, there will be judgment, but there's always redemption. It's unto life. It's because of his kindness, you know, his mercy, his Absolutely. grace. Absolutely. I mean, he... Uh, he would not judge if if he didn't have a redemptive plan yeah. to show us yeah. Jesus's fullness. Like he wouldn't, yeah. he's just that good. He's just, yeah. you know, so I think that that's where we he have to is. be in our mind. And I'm in some of the most offensive industries in the world. Like I'm in Christian television. I'm in mainstream television. I am a social news commentator. Like I'm in offensive places. I'm not in fun places. And so to keep my heart in check only happens because I know God's doing a good thing. Yeah. I know his kingdom's bigger. And so when I hear the negative small story, I, I work through my heart with God until I have something that's in his heart. If I'm supposed to talk about it, if I have something in his heart, otherwise I keep my mouth shut. So I don't talk about 90% of what's happening in the church, 90% of what's happening in the news. I, I wait for those moments where it's worthy of talking. So those of you who are mouthpieces, you know, like, like this is one of the hardest things is like God has to be able to trust not only what you think, but what you say. Right. And so I have a guard in my mouth. Like I go back and apologize a lot. 
to my friends and family. I'm like, I'm still working through this. I'm like, so, and my friends know me as an apologizer. They know that I'm a verbal yeah. processor. They know that I'll come back and say, sorry. And so we have to take responsibility for our words, both our discernment words. Like I, I, I can go on a whole, you know, bunny trail on this, but I won't because then we don't have time. But our discernment words, why did people think Trump was going to be elected? Because he discerned what was needed in America. There's a whole group that believes that he was already elected and they believe that it was stolen. I don't know. Maybe it was stolen, but he's not elected currently. So the words were wrong the way they gave them, whether or not mm -hmm. it was stolen or not. God knew it would be stolen. So he would have had a provision of the words if it was a true word of God. And so I look at it and just go, so in the midst of this, like there was discernment that there's something that needs to be raised up that Trump had some representation of if you if you understand the redemptive heart of God. But at the same time, it wasn't raised up. And now we've had some years of calamity already in America, but God still has a plan for America that's not even hinged on. I mean, the reality is politicians can't change what needs to change in America. Social reform has to change it. Community mm -hmm. reform has to change it. And politicians mm -hmm. can help move things forward, but they can't change it. And the kingdom can change it really ultimately. Right. And so it's really interesting how so many Christians have, because of the discernment, have stayed on the wall of a polit politician changing the entire scenario, almost like he's a messiah or they're giving him a messiah complex. And that's what happens when you have discernment that's not grounded in the full truth of God's heart, where God wants to change us community by community, city by city, neighborhood by neighborhood, and still raise up politicians who help bring that change. But it's both and it's not one and it's not yeah. the other. And I think that that's like where we can look at this and go, okay, God, change me. You know, yeah. like it's, you don't have to be overwhelmed by the problems of the world. His burden's easy and his joke's light, but change me. So I feel empowered today that when I discern something, I know there's a redemption in it for why I'm discerning it, especially when yeah. it's negative, that I feel like I get to carry your full heart. As soon as I get discernment, I get excited because I'm like, oh, you're going to show me something. The discernment's right. not it. Discernment's like the, the door, but mm -hmm. you're going to show me something. So if you get discernment, realize, oh, this is good. No matter how yeah, negative it yeah. is, this is good. You're about to you're about to give me your redemptive plan, but you have to work it through. Yeah, in your relationship with him. And, you mm -hmm. know, so when you were speaking, then I was thinking of two, two scriptures kept coming into my spirit. For God so loved the world. Yes. For God so loved the world. You know, everything he does, he's a God. He's love right? He's love. And the, the, and also the world will look upon us and know that we're his because of the love. You know, I just oh, wanted I to that. start, a whole, I just wanted to start a whole other conversation with you then. Like <laughs> we, we need to have this conversation, <laughs> right? Like, I know, I know we could just talk for hours and hours. I just, I want to, I want us to begin to communicate as the body of Christ. Let's have this conversation around what does it look like to be, to have love as the motivating force behind of the, all of our prophetic expression. You know, if yeah. we can just, everything can be rooted and grounded in the love of God, the motivating force of all discernment, all prophetic revelation, all communication from his heart, all representation of who he is coming from love. You know, yeah. so, like you said, discernment and wisdom, having his heart and mind on a matter, you know, is the key, is is the tra life transforming yeah. key. And love yeah. is the most powerful force because yes. love isn't just ooey gooey, yay, no. I love no. you. What, it's, what it does it look like? Huge boundaries. And yeah. love knows how to say no to huge important yeah. issues and love knows how to say yes to huge important issues and people are afraid sometimes that because love's so uncontrollable if they do use a love-based approach to the prophetic that somehow they're going to lose control or power and you do yeah. you lose power when you give your power to god you do yeah. lose control yeah. that's true yeah. but love is the force you want to lose control to not discernment yeah. in the yeah. sake of information yeah absolutely what is 
love, what does healthy love look like to have a healthy prophetic community of people that are going to change the world and uh, be influencers all over the world? Yeah, I want to carry on conversation because I know you've got a lot of wisdom on that <laughs> as well. But we're going to have to stop. Oh my gosh, that went so fast on. Thank you because you everything you said then was profound and it was just full of life-changing keys, you know, just wisdom that's come from your own walk with the Lord that's really going to help us. So I encourage you guys, watch this a few times, you know, just get these nuggets inside of you. It's really important, hey, especially in the world mm. that we're in right now, we must have the Lord's perspective to walk state in a stable way and and being yeah. able to be you know full of hope for other people and giving right perspective so well, sean thank, thank you, you. everybody listen to liz and listen to my podcast the sean bull show like listen to these things because it trains you how to discern it trains you how to think about love and that's what you need is you need to surround yourself with people who think this way and it helps to culturize your mind to think about god the way the way he's programmed you and and, mm -hmm. and desired you to yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man. We're coming forth as love, mature love, <laughs> uh, to influence the world with God's heart. So, oh, man. Oh, Sean, thank you so much for being with us today. It's always amazing. Oh, vice versa. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, and guys, thank you for giving us your precious time. I'm sure that's really empowered you. And I can't wait to be with you again next week. Have an awesome week. God bless. Hi, if you really enjoyed today's show and you want to go deeper with Jesus and experience his love and his presence more than you ever have, then I have a present for you, a free gift. If you want to jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and just click on and sign up, then you will receive one of my teaching videos that I have created especially for you that will not only give you a few keys just very, very quickly that you can uh, utilize in your daily walk with the Lord, um, but also I'm going to take you there as well. So it's an activation. So yeah, so jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and you are going to be so blessed. <laughs> <laughs>